Let's jump out to the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. She makes the magic happen at the Pac-12 Network. She's Ashley Adamson with us here on The Big Show. Hi, Ashley. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Man, we are doing terrific and uh, very excited that we're going to have a Pac-12 football season this year. Give us kind of your thoughts. Yeah, give us your thoughts as you saw this come together. Yeah, I mean, I think just uh, it's been a roller coaster, right? Like for for everybody that's been following it, and I think everybody that's been living it day to day, I think about how I felt uh, as a media member. I can't imagine what it was like to be the players and coaches that were trying to navigate this thing you know, minute by minute, day by day. But here we are, and all systems go to think that there won't be hiccups down the road, that we won't have cancellations, that we won't have, you know, obstacles would be would be silly. I know I think everyone's preparing for and gotten really good at having plan B, C, D, E, and F. Um, but I'm just excited, and it's great to finally be talking, like, actual football for, for the last Six months we've spent so much of the time, you know, high-level, big picture. Are we going to play? Are we not? What is the effect? What's going on with the COVID testing? There's so much sort of non-football talk that it's been nice the last couple of weeks to actually kind of dive in and start talking to coaches and SIDs and, and players. So I'm, I'm, I'm fired up. Are you guessing that it's going to get so complicated that we will be kind of put in a position where we have to enjoy football for football's sake as opposed to worrying about the standings? Sorry, say that question again? Do you think it will get to the point where we have to enjoy each game for being a game and and that it might get so Uh messed up as far as the complications go that the standings will be, you know, somewhat suspect? (laughs) Yeah. So, you know what? I think we've gotten some good practice with that. Anyone who is a fan of a Pac-12 team knows what that feels like, I'd say, in any given year because uh, it is a team that has been, you know, kindly referred to as the competitive cannibalism is that we eat our own. But I, I think that that's exactly what's going to happen. It's, and, and I think that's what COVID has done in general, this global pandemic. If we want to get philosophical about it, it's really made you sort of focus on the thing at hand and understand that, okay, we may have this right now and we may not have it tomorrow. And so to me, um, being able to watch even a single quarter of Pac-12 football this fall, I'm going to be grateful for it. And it's going to be really entertaining and exciting and fun to watch how it all unfolds because, you know, I think it feels like, you know, I've been covering this conference for eight years. Every year we kind of come in saying anything could happen. I mean, there's, there's so many different storylines. Anything could happen. And this year, obviously that feels more true than ever before. So, yeah, I think, I think we're going to have to just every single weekend be thankful for whatever games are being played, focus, celebrate, enjoy, cover the hell out of those, and then we'll see how it all shakes out, you know, December 18th, 19th weekend. All right, Ashley, give us your favorites. Who do you like in the north? Who do you like in the south? You know, it feels so boring, and, and I keep getting asked this, and I keep coming up with the same answer that it feels like everybody has, but I just – I haven't found a way to convince myself to pick against USC and Oregon in the, in the Pac-12 championship game. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Cal won the North. I wouldn't be surprised if Utah won the South again. I think ASU, whoever wins that USC-ASU game out of the gate is going to be sort of the front runner for the South. Um, but I, it's a sprint, like seven games. It's just so interesting to think about six, really, to decide who's going to be in the championship. Um, there's so many different things that can happen in such a small amount of time. So I, I think that, you know, I just, I can't yet pick against Oregon and USC. Those, those are 
those I would say are my two favorites to, to meet on December 18th. Um, and it's going to be really interesting to see, uh, see how it all plays out. Who are you guys like? I'm like, what's the, what's the feeling around, around your neck of the woods? I think you're pretty much on on point there. I would agree. We had a, we had a, one of our uh, Ute insiders. You know, uh, his name's Frank Dolce. He's former Ute quarterback, but obviously digests the whole Pac-12 now. He liked Arizona State in the South. What do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, you look at ASU's roster, and they there are no holes in terms of talent. Like at every position, they, they've just they've got some really big time guys, and I think you go through them and you can just get excited as if you're a Sun Devil fan. If, you, if you're going up and down that roster, there's a bunch of different reasons to feel really good about your team. Jaden Daniels being obviously the, the number one reason. I think last year, their offensive line, starting two true freshmen on the O-line, um, is not necessarily a recipe for success. But they brought in some, some grad transfers. They've been creative in how they're kind of shoring up some of the lack of experience there. Plus, all the guys who played a year last year now have that much more experience under their belt. They've got a new offensive coordinator in Zach Hill, so I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, what what that looks like. I think it's going to be interesting to see. There's, there's a lot of new coordinators, uh, both on the offensive and defensive side in the Pac-12. And what I'm really curious to see, guys, is what does it look like? They're, they've had more time than they normally would, but they haven't actually been on the field with their guys in a way that they normally would. So you wonder how much over, you know, install and learning can go on via Zoom and remotely and how much can be condensed into the, the camp that's going on right now. But, um, yeah, I, ASU, it would not surprise me at all if they, if they won the South. I think, like I said, that we're going to know a lot about them. If they can go to the Coliseum week one, 9 a.m., and knock off the Trojans, like, I'm, I'm all in. Ashley, you mentioned Jaden Daniels there. Do you have a couple of names of players that you think are going to emerge as bona fide stars this year? Yeah, I mean, I think some of them are, are guys that, that we know and have talked about. Keaton Slovis at USC, the quarterback, I think is going to be, you know, he sort of made a name for himself, came out of nowhere last year as a true freshman and sort of took over. And Graham Harrell's system, obviously a, a perfect fit for him. And so I think he's going to be somebody that we're talking about a lot. I also think just, you know, there's going to be new faces because the other thing is because this doesn't count as a year you know, against the year of eligibility, I just think we're going to see a lot more guys than we normally would. So there's going to be younger guys that we're going to see that we wouldn't have maybe normally seen or would have only seen in four games in a limited capacity in a normal year so that they wouldn't burn their red shirt. So I do think it's going to be interesting. I think if you look at the defensive side, Cam Bynum at Cal, the fact that he opted back in and decided to come back, he's one of the best players in the league in any position, I think. Um, and Coin Deng, who's a linebacker at Cal, he's another guy who I think we just haven't talked about enough. He stepped up in a big way last year, and with Evan Weaver gone, I think he's going to play a big role in, in Justin Wilcox's defense. Um, Kayvon Thibodeau up in Eugene, you guys saw what he did as a freshman. He is just a force to be reckoned with. I think he's going to have double-digit sacks even in a, a bridge season. Um, C.J. Verdell, the running back at Oregon. I mean, there's so many. It's like as I go through the names in my head, there's just so many different guys that I'm excited to see, and yet, there's just so many question marks and guys who I'm sure that we're not even close to thinking about right now who, who are going to be household names and all of a sudden done. Ashley Adamson is with us from Pac-12 Network here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What do you expect out of Washington with their new coach, Jimmy Lake, and Coach Pete stepping aside? But, of course, uh, Coach Lake has been there for a long, long time. Do you expect that to be fairly seamless? 
I do. And I think, you know, that that's critical right now because anytime you have a new head coach come in, it's, it, there's some level of transition. There's, there's no doubt. I mean, he's, Jimmy Lake is not Chris Peterson, so there's going to be things that he's doing that's different from the way that Coach Pete did it. But he has been there. He, every guy on that team knows him. Um, we talked to Elijah Molden yesterday, and he was saying that, you know, I, I asked him the question of, has Jimmy Lake lived up to your expectation of who you thought he would be as a head coach? And he said he has met and exceeded exactly who I thought he would be because he's exactly who he was as my D coordinator and my position coach. And that is a guy who has so much energy, so much intensity, so much charisma, and is just kind of like, I mean, I think he referred to him as like a crazy genius. Um, somebody who just loved the game of football and has been around one of the best teachers and learned from one of the best teachers in Chris Peterson. So I think Washington, I, I'm excited to see how it all comes together for them. Obviously, they've got a quarterback situation to figure out that'll be a big key to it, but their secondary is loaded as it always is. And I think even though they lost a couple of defensive stars to opt outs, I think they're going to be fine on that side of the ball. And so, really, the, the question is what's going what's to happen with the offense and, and the quarterback situation. Um, but Jimmy Lake is, every time I do an interview with him, and now it's, you know, like everything, it's in Zoom through a computer screen. But I get done talking to him, and I'm, like, ready to go run through a wall. That guy is just, like, a bucket of energy. Um, and it's been cool to see kind of the passion that he's infused into that program. And I think I mean, he's the perfect fit. He's the exact right guy for that job. Ashley, getting back to Oregon, have you gotten to know Mario Cristobal at all? I mean, what makes him such a great coach? Yeah, that's a great question. And I, I have – been able to get to know him over the last year I would say I've gotten to know him more than his first couple years Um, and the thing that makes him a great coach one is that the thing that he cares about more than anything else and we've had a lot of conversations about this is culture and he knows that that is built from the inside out right like it starts with the guys and the players in the locker room being accountable and holding each other accountable and so when you look at how he recruits that's that's one of the most important things is that he looks at it from a, from a culture fit. He is a phenomenal, relentless recruiter, and he is also a phenomenal teacher. Um, and he also, as a former O-lineman and an O-line coach, like understands where the bread is buttered and, and really focuses and owns in on, you know, who's up front. So I think all of those things combined to make him uh, a really successful coach. He's a guy who the players, really love, admire, respect. Um, and I think he's hired really well around him. So it starts with the culture, and I think he's built as good a culture as, as anybody in the Pac-12, and I think that's one of the things that makes him, um, you know, such a, such a phenomenal coach. And he's – it's been cool to see because he was obviously the guy that the players wanted uh, to be their coach. And the fact that they kind of went to bat for him and that ultimately Rob Mullen said, okay, yeah, we're going to – we're going to go with Mario, I think speaks volumes to who he is as a coach and why the players, why, you know, why his style resonates with the players so much. Phil Knight's money doesn't hurt, does it? Yeah, that always helps. (laughs) (laughs) Always helps. Uh, Is this the year Chip gets it turned around at UCLA? You know, I don't know. I, uh, I think that there is some promise there. And I think, you know, Dorian Thompson-Robinson is going to be a better quarterback than we've seen even before. Chip's been really excited about the progress that he's made and the fact that he's one of those guys that doesn't often make the same mistake twice and is a really quick learner. So, And you got to remember, DCR, he reminded me of this the other day, 
uh, he had, you know, he had taken maybe a hundred snaps before he took over as the as a starter um, since he was in high school. So he's not a guy who's had a ton of experience. Last year he gained a lot, and and the question is, it seems like has has always been the last few years with UCLA is what's gonna what's gonna happen with their defense. So to me, that's kind of the big the big question mark. I do think that, you know, in seven games in a weird season that it is with COVID and everything being kind of off kilter, he's got a chance to surprise some people. I don't think that many people are expecting a whole lot from UCLA as much as you would say, okay, it's his third season. That's usually when things are supposed to kind of come together and these guys are, you know, the guys on the roster are your guys and it's your fingerprints all over the program. They're kind of out of excuses in terms of that. But because this year is so different and unique and there's so many moving pieces, um, I just, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it went either way. I could see him winning way more games than people expect, and I could also see it, you know, go in the opposite direction. But he's, um, he seems like he's in a good place. I don't know. I, I, I met Chip for the first time, obviously, eight years ago when he was at Oregon when I first came to the Pac-12 Network. And to me, even in talking to him now, he just, he just seems like he's in a much better place in terms of his approach and understanding, and he still is you know, that offensive-minded genius that we knew at Oregon. And so does he have the pieces in place this year to be able to execute some of the, what he wants to do? And I, I'm, I'm excited to see if that comes to fruition because it hasn't in the way that I think a lot of Bruins fans hoped would over the first two years. We have our own opinions on these things, but I'm interested in yours. Has Utah gotten to the point... <laughs> has Utah gotten to the point where they can lose a great running back, they can lose a terrific quarterback, they can lose uh, uh, so many members of that terrific defense from a year ago, and their entire defensive secondary is in the NFL right now from last year. Can they lose that kind of talent and and just move on forward in the Pac-12 and be, you know, compete for a title again? You know, there's a time in which if you would ask me that question when they first entered the league that I would have said, no, you're, you're crazy. That would be impossible for anybody. But I have become such a believer in Kyle Whittingham and such a believer in, in this Utah program that I think, and again, you go back to, especially in this year, the team that is going to win, the teams that are going to do well are the ones that are disciplined and methodical and don't get too high and don't get too low and are able to roll with the punches. And, and that is Kyle Whittingham to a T. And that's, you know, I think a lot of times that the reason that teams have success is because they take on the personality of their head coach, and we've seen that at Utah. So it sounds crazy, like, yeah, you got to break in a new quarterback, a new running back, a new left tackle, nine, you know, new defensive starters. Like, Utah shouldn't be, feels like, on paper, on anyone's radar, and yet they've got, I think, as deep and talented as they've ever been at wide receiver. They feel good about the tight end position and offensive line. And now, you know, the big question on offense certainly is, is who's the quarterback that's going to be running the show. And you guys have more insight on that than I do, I'm sure, at this point. But I think it is set up to be exactly kind of where Kyle Whittingham would probably like it to be, which is not a ton of people talking about them as, you know, they're going to be actual South champs yet again. But I, it would not surprise me. And that's a testament to Kyle and it's a testament to his staff and to the players there that they're able to lose that much talent. And as you mentioned, like that much NFL talent and still be able to be in contention the following year. So I'm, I'm expecting them to be, I know guys are really hungry. The way that things ended last year, 
it was a long time ago, but you have that rough loss to Oregon, obviously, in the championship game, and then another double-digit loss to Texas in the Alamo Bowl. I know that, you know, they say things don't carry over from year to year, but this team has grown together. Guys are hungry, and I, I just have a sense that they're going to they're gonna surprise some people this season. Hey, Jake, Jake, Ashley's opinion was better than ours, I think. Much, much better, yeah. as usual. Huh. <laughs> well, Ashley, we, we seriously, we love it when you have a chance to come on the show. Thank you very much for the insight, as always. Oh, it's my pleasure, guys. Hope you both have a great day.